Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of Your Financial Mission. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus, the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander here on the program each and every time. You can find Janine usually in her office in Columbia in the Howard County area serving you there locally. Uh, you can also find her online from anywhere at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. That's TheusWealthAdvisors.com. What's going on, Janine? How are you this week? Hey, doing great. I think summer is here. It's going to be 90 degrees this week or today and, you know, the humidity's up. So, oh yeah, we're in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> as, <laughs> as we record today's podcast, it's pre-July 4th. Now, I know that we haven't posted this podcast for, you know, a couple of weeks after the 4th, but any fun July 4th plans? What are you going to be up to for the Independence Day? You know, I don't know. We really haven't hashed that out yet. I think our older son's coming home for a few days, so he'll probably be home through the holiday weekend. He's getting ready to move to Minnesota because he announced he's getting engaged. So that was kind of the shock. And so I'm like, oh, okay. That's a lot of news all at once, right? I'm engaged and I'm moving to Minnesota. (laughs) Yeah. We're like, what? (laughs) But so we'll probably hang around, get house projects done. You know, I'd love to go down on the mall because it's always fun to go down there. But, you know, you're with a couple hundred thousand of your closest friends and... (laughs) I don't know if I want to do that in the heat anymore. It's a lot of people in one place. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, One of my favorite July 4ths up in Maine, they shoot fireworks in Bar Harbor off of a barge in the bay or in the in yeah, the harbor. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. and and you're right underneath them too. So I mean, I just I remember a couple of years ago when we went, it just really it rattles the inside of your chest. You know, those booms is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Where we live now, I don't know. We might shoot off fireworks in the backyard or something, but it's so quiet where we live now. I feel like I'm disturbing the peace anytime that we like (laughs) laugh or clap or make any noise back there. So I'm like really hesitant. Yeah, it just travels. I'm hesitant that we might give all of our neighbors heart attacks because it's so quiet around us. (laughs) 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 So just bust out in the middle of the night with firecrackers and whatnot. Just, I don't know. We'll have to see, but maybe we'll go into into the city and see some good stuff. We'll have to. Just wait and see. Yeah. Well, we've got a great show on the way today. We're going to call this an in-the-news edition of the program. We've got some newsy items that we want to cover. Just a lot of stuff's been happening in the financial landscape. So since we're kind of halfway through 2019, we're going to check in on a couple of these headline items that have been in the news regarding the financial world. And we're also going to try and slip in a couple of answers to some of your questions on the mailbag as well. So we'll kind of feel our way through this particular episode, Janine. First, kind of a fun headline here. Ford claims that they'll have 100 self-driving cars on the road by the end of this year. So this is like the future is here kind of thing. Some technology experts say that these vehicles, obviously we've seen the stories, are going to be the norm in just a couple of years. I'm curious, do you think it's really going to happen all that quickly? I mean, it seems like all these different companies, Ford and Tesla and these other ones, are accelerating those timelines as fast as they can. 
And if so, does it change anything about how we should maybe invest in the auto industry? Well, there is still a lot to learn. Yes, those cars are already on the road and in, in existence. I'm not sure, my husband and I go back and forth all the time because he's more of a techie, but you know, I'm not sure I'm ready to give up control of my car. <laughs> and I think that's going to be the challenge that this entire industry has with people that are used to being pretty autonomous. And now you're going to give that up. I think in maybe close quarters in cities, eventually it, it might show up sooner because apparently the technology is very, very good. But there are some things, I mean, there was a woman killed not too long ago by, you know, these auto driving cars, self-driving cars, because she was kind of in the corner and the car didn't register the shadow. So they still have some bugs to work out. Oh, yeah. So I, is it going to happen in a few years where we're all driving those cars? I don't think so. I think that's far into the future, farther into the future, because it's, yeah, Americans are a very independent bunch. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, when you're driving across state lines, just state to state or across the country, most people want to be able to drive themselves. So yeah. I think they, they're they going to have to do a pretty hard sell. And, right. you know, and for, as far as investments are concerned, well, if you have a properly diversified portfolio, you're already investing in those companies that are producing these cars. So it's not like you should run out and buy extra Ford stock or Tesla, especially because they've had their issues. I mean, it's all going to come about in a much longer time frame than people were anticipating. Yeah, I agree. For it to become ubiquitous, it's going to take a while, right? I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. there's just so many hurdles and regulations they're going to have to jump through. And it's one thing when you've got, you know, 10 of these on the road in a you know really large geographic area like California or something. But if we started talking about putting thousands or hundreds of thousands of them on the road all at one time, the level of incidents, I think are gonna, we're going to see increase a lot but oh, yeah. until it gets I mean, honed you know, in some more. Well, the traffic here in the D.C. metro area is pretty heavy. It's one of the heaviest in the country. And um, I got a, I have a friend who's driving one of those little smart cars that you have to plug in. Uh-huh. I'm like, dude, you bought a pregnant roller skate. <laughs> <laughs> a pregnant roller skate. I love it. <laughs> I go, you're going to drive this thing down into D.C. traffic on the 495 and 95? What are you, nuts? Oh, my gosh. A pregnant roller skate. That's hilarious. So, you know, I, I'm just, I can't, I mean, I know he's trying to be green, but I can't see it. I just call it a death box, but. It's a death box. Pregnant, pregnant roller skate is pretty good. I like that. Oh, man. Well, there you go. That's the takeaway on that one. So, yeah. Interesting to watch it develop. I mean, I'm all for it when it gets honed in. I mean, I love my independence, too. But there's times where I'd be like, man, that'd be great. You could travel places at midnight or two or three in the morning, safer probably. At some point, it'll cross that pendulum, right? Where, hey, rather than me driving tired, I can just hit this button and sleep and let this thing take me where it needs to go. So when it crosses that threshold, that'd be great. I don't know if you've ever seen the Jetsons cartoon. I mean, we're we're quite we're still quite away right. from the Jetsons, even though they keep bringing that up. You know, I don't just don't think we're there yet. <laughs> yep, yep, you're exactly right. So you're exactly right, Janine, about the Jetsons. It's uh, that's actually a pretty funny mention there. Now, uh, quick aside here, you're going to notice Janine sounds a lot different here in just a second. We had to stop today's podcast recording because, as you probably heard there over the last couple of seconds, Janine's voice started getting really robotic and jittery. I don't know if it was because you were talking about the Jetsons, Janine, or what, but... um, (laughs) 
<laughs> it was tempting. It Te- was very tempting. <laughs> Technology was not our friend. So we've switched to a different recording platform, but that's going to make Janine sound a little bit different. So all good, Janine. You, just, I, you probably sound even more resonant now. So it's a good thing. Yeah, it's always hard to tell with some of these systems, you know, it's a day-to-day thing. And, and so if we can't even figure out how to just have a clean phone call conversation back and forth, essentially, are we really that close to having self-driving cars totally autonomous all over the country? Yeah, I think not. Probably, probably not. Figure out yeah. the voice thing first, then we'll talk about a vehicle driving 80 miles an hour and go from yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In any event. So you, you think financial advisor is uh, it's a pretty safe bet at this point that they're still going to be needing financial advisors in, in life. It's not going to be all quite Jetson's material yet. Right. Well, so what, here's what's interesting, because when you have older folks, most older folks, you know, I would say that's 50 and above, especially when you start you have kids, you're planning for college in your 40s or you're starting to pay for college in your 40s or help with college in the 40s. Those folks want to talk to a person who can help them solve their money decisions. Robo-advisors don't do that. Automatic investing doesn't do that because all of these money decisions are as important as the money itself. What's really interesting, well, there are a number of articles that have come out about millennials who just want tech. They want to do tech. They want to do tech. Well, most millennials are just getting started, so they think tech is superior. But when they really, you really start talking to some of them, they don't have a clue about different financial tools or instruments or how to integrate it all or how to even think about this stuff because they didn't learn it in school, right? right. <laughs> like most people. And, you know, you can go to the web and certainly you can learn a lot of things, but how does it apply to you and your circumstance? That takes somebody sitting down and understanding what it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I don't think a series of questions on some auto advisor or robo advisor are going to do that. I think it's just that realization that some things are great, automated and digitized and, you know, made more efficient and that kind of thing. But you can't take the relationship out of everything. And, you know, I love Amazon. My mom always makes fun of me. I'm a millennial. okay? so, you know, Janine knows this. And probably if you've listened to the show long enough, you've figured it out, too. But, you know, my mom makes fun of me all the time for uh, she's like, oh, you guys are always buying stuff on Amazon because I'll be on the (laughs) phone with her and the dogs will start barking. And I'll I'll be like, oh, the uh, we've got a delivery. Let me go grab the box real quick, you know. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's it's pretty funny. Like we have definitely depending on the day of the week, something gets delivered. I know who it's going to be, who delivers it. Like there's sometimes it's the UPS guy other days it's a guy who actually i think is renting a u-haul and delivering for you know amazon and probably other companies and that kind of thing oh so they created another business model they created another <laughs> business model he probably rents a u-haul for 19.99 a day or whatever you know that entry level thing is and you know and now he goes and delivers stuff so rather than having his own vehicle he just rents one every day to throw everything in which I think is awesome. Like that's capitalism. That's fantastic. Oh yeah, and and uh, honestly, most of us. I, I was just using Amazon like two or three times uh, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> because my, you know, between something I found and something my husband found, we didn't put our orders together exactly yeah. at the same time. So I said, you know, how convenient is this? Yeah. But I mean, like, so if I find a pair of socks that I really like, I could just keep ordering them on Amazon. It's really, you know, it's really a great way to do it. But if it's certain types of clothing, I still like to go in the store and try it on first. If it's other types of products, I want to talk to a representative and get really good advice and get firsthand knowledge and maybe compare and contrast some different things. You know, it kind of just depends on what you know. You know, I, I know 
computer monitors. I don't need the fanciest computer monitor. So whenever I need a computer monitor, I can just kind of tell from the basic specs, okay, this is the one I want. But when it came to buying a laptop, although I kind of knew the one I wanted, I wanted to still go and click the buttons and, and pick it up and look at it and see physically, okay, I think I like the feel and look of this one. There's still some comfort there. And then being able to ask the guy, am I missing something? I'm, I'm zeroed in on this one. But that's because that's where the internet took me from a couple of buttons I pressed. Is there one, exactly. I'm, is there one yep. I'm overlooking that you would recommend based on your expertise? You know, And so it's helpful to get those those opinions and that guidance and advice. And, and you're not going to always be able to get that from the internet. So, yep, that's it. And people need to remember that yeah. because you're only getting a static piece of information. It's not as dynamic as life is. So you just have to remember that a lot of times they're looking at one, like one portfolio or one, or so you want to retire, play with these numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, that assumes a lot of things about your portfolio, about you, about life in general. So that's, you know, it's a little bit different yeah. in reality. That's a great way to put it, though. I like that. Life is more dynamic. That's a good saying. You could, you could put that on a T-shirt probably. Yeah. All right. Another news headline here, Janine. I think we're both in agreement on that last one. Congress is working on a bill that would raise the required minimum distribution age, or more commonly referred to as RMDs, from 70 and a half to 72. Doesn't seem like all that crazy of an increase, right? We're talking about a year and a half, but would this be a good thing in your eyes if they did that? Well, this is the interesting thing about Congress. Every time there comes, you know, is a good idea that everybody gets used to, they change the rules. <laughs> the only and constant has changed, Janine. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but in this case, I mean, it's almost an irrelevant position to take. I think they're doing this just to do something. Possibly it's because a lot of people have a lot of money in qualified plans. And many people are working to later ages because we're living longer. So people are grousing about having to take that RMD. But two years, ah, because an RMD is actually the required minimum. And most people are taking more than the required minimum. Okay. So when you, you know, when they start to take distributions, so depending on how long you're going to work, you know, depending on, you know, if you're in the government, meaning the federal employees, you can wait to take that RMD if you're still working at 70 and a half. But I mean, most other instruments, you can't wait, but it's, it's, it's like just plan better. Mm. <laughs> I think I the latest statistic I heard is something like seventeen trillion dollars or twenty one. Yeah, actually, the market's gone up. So, so you know, twenty one trillion dollars in qualified plans. Oh wow, investments. So, Congress wants that. I'm surprised they oh, didn't lower well, it because they want the money out sooner so they can tax it. Well, Janine, I think we've just solved our debt crisis. <laughs> just all right. Yes. Everybody who's saved anything ever in a qualified plan, you're going to just let that go. And we can pay off the national debt. We thank you for your service to your country in doing so. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Debt problem yep. solved. I think we're good. That actually came up in committee back during the Obama administration. Really? Yep. Because what they were proposing is that the government take over all of these qualified plans and, oh, we'll just give you 3%. Mm. Yeah, that didn't go very far. <laughs> so... But there's always somebody that has a better idea of how to confiscate your money, which is why you have to stay on top of these rule changes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. So 70 and a half to 72, it's, it's not necessarily a matter of good or bad. It sounds like what you're telling me. It's more of just it is what it is, and you just plan around it. 
Right. Right. Okay. Cool. Good to know. Well, there you go. A couple of things that are happening in the news throughout the financial landscape. Before we wrap up the podcast this week, I want to get a couple of questions answered for our listeners, Janine. I've got one here from David. If you want to submit a question, by the way, you can ask Janine any of your questions by going online to theuswealthadvisors.com. You'll see places on the website where you can submit questions. David says, I have no children or close family and don't care about leaving money to any charities. Should that change how I invest since I don't have to care about leaving a legacy? Interesting thought. It's, this, is, yeah. this, is, this is the last check I write. I want it to bounce crowd, right? Exactly. Exactly. And as I always tell people, if you tell me when you're going to die, then I can tell you what you, <laughs> you, know, what you should do with right. your money. But, I mean, this is a little bit short-sighted. I mean, that's kind of an obvious point because you're probably going to die with some money. So who does it go to? You still, you can't escape that it has to go somewhere. And the last place you want it to probably end up is the state mm. or the federal government. So I mean, I suppose start, you could request to just have it all cashed out and then buried with him, right? <laughs> if he really could, wants that to, you could do that. <laughs> to go to the grave with every dollar. You could do that. I'm sure he's not being literal here. He's just saying it's not a concern of mine, so does it... Does it change? Does it give me more freedom? That's how I'm kind of reading the the question. Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, you could definitely read it that way. So yes, you could be more aggressive. But if you're going to be more aggressive, then you need to understand what that actually means. And, you know, because there are down years, there are bear markets. So how would that actually affect you emotionally? Uh, You know, if you're 85, and all of a sudden, and you're aggressively positioned, and the market drops 50%, I'm thinking that you're probably going to be a little bit worried unless you have Alzheimer's hmm. and, uh, you know, or some dementia position where you don't really know what's happening. So there are a lot of ifs, ands, or buts in, you know, <laughs> caveats in thinking like this, that you don't want to leave the money to anybody. So why don't I just, you know, I can be more aggressively positioned, which means what? Do you want to take more income? Mm-hmm over the longer haul. So how do you do that effectively? And I think that's more the question. How do I take the maximum amount of income for the longest period of time? And that requires sitting down with somebody and going through how the market actually works, how you're actually positioned, what roller coaster do you want to be on, and what's the income you want? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the simplest answer to this question is no, it shouldn't change how you invest because planning for retirement, the principles will all still sort of stay the same. It's just that it'll be easier to accomplish your goals if you have all of your funds at your disposal and you're not parceling off X amount of dollars to say, I don't want to touch that. So if everything's at your disposal, it just makes it easier to achieve the goals. But in terms of how you invest, it doesn't have to really change at all. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But you know, if, if you are, like if he wants to be more aggressive in his investments and he runs out at 80 and he lives to 90 that's a problem right so you really do have to look at the legacy in this case is you or a spouse Mm -hmm. so those are the kinds of things you really i have some couples that are in this position they don't have children they might leave to nieces and nephews or a brother or sister or something like that but you've got to plan that out even if you plan to spend every single dime that's a great point. Good question, David. Thanks for that one. If you've got any questions for Janine, don't forget to ask them on the website, theuswealthadvisors.com. Angie's got our next question. Angie says, I haven't found a long-term care policy that I like. Are they all this expensive? 
Well, expensive is relative. So <laughs> if you're talking about if you're healthy, you're 50 and you're healthy, then you can probably get a decent long-term care policy for about a thousand a year. That seems like a lot if you're going to pay for the next 20, 30 years, a thousand a year for long-term care, but your first year in facility care is going to far surpass that. So yes, they are complicated. There are a lot of moving parts. So you really need to sit down with somebody who understands long-term care insurance and go through what all of these different parts do and what they mean to you. If you have assets, then you're going to self-insure. If you don't have assets or enough assets and you have, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's in your family, then you want to push some of that risk to the insurance company. So how do you do that? It's basically sitting down to, to look at different policies. And then the industry is what the industry is, and it has changed in the last 10 years. So again, life is dynamic. <laughs> so are companies that have to meet demand and the ever-increasing cost of healthcare mm-hmm. and long-term care. The, uh, you know, increased costs of schooling and universities and school debt and all that has been such a big news item over the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks. And I think, you know, maybe overshadowed in that sometimes is the healthcare side of the equation, which, you know, between that and university expenses, it's just crazy how high both of those two things are skyrocketing. And this will be most people's biggest expense. If you go into care, especially facility care, it's eight to ten thousand dollars a month. And if you're there because if you're in memory care, then it might be a little bit less, but we're talking that's today's cost. And depending on where you live, if you want good care, then you're going to pay the 10 grand a month for as long as your money lasts. Mm. A lot or of as money. long as you last. <laughs> a lot of money. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And so a lot of people, folks, I would say in the sandwich you know, age group, that's me. I have adult children and I have parents in their 80s. So, you know, we're looking at that cost. I know a lot of people have parents like mine. My mother is adamant. She doesn't want to go to a facility. They do have a long-term care policy because we can, you know, we can have in-home care. You have to think of the various permutations of what care is and means. And that's why a comprehensive conversation about long-term care as a care source or resource is what you need before you even get to the insurance question. Make sure it's a big part of the planning process, no doubt yep. about it. All folds in together. One last question here, Janine. This one comes to us from Jay. Jay says, ever since I retired, I've had a really hard time spending money. Something about not having a paycheck makes me nervous. Do I need a shrink? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I don't think you need a shrink. <laughs> You do need somebody who does comprehensive planning that can sit down with you and explain why it's probably okay to spend now. Most, it, this is a very common circumstance. You spend your life saving money or being frugal and saving toward that future. And then you get there and then you're, you almost become a hoarder because you're afraid of running out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'll have to give people permission it's okay to spend. That's why I have a little sign in my office that says, life is short, buy the shoes. <laughs> so, because it's okay, the question is, you're really not going to change your, you're probably not going to change your spending habits in retirement. So you do have to be careful because when you're in retirement, you're on permanent vacation. 
So we wouldn't want you to be over withdrawing from accounts based on allocation and diversification and the portfolio performance over time, but that's secondary to, to behavior. So yeah, that's a conversation, but you don't need to shrink. You just need somebody to sit down with and that looks at these kinds of decisions in a comprehensive manner. Yeah, it's a great point as always, Janine. And it's a good question, Jay. Don't worry. Doesn't sound like you need a shrink. Just need some <laughs> an advisor to give you some comfort and peace of mind. And I just find it interesting, Janine, that you said that that's very common. A lot of people feel that way, which, hey, what a position of power that is to actually be in. You've, you've saved money and you just aren't overspending, right? You're on that. That's rare to be that kind of person. So it's good to hear that you're seeing that from more and more people that, hey, I don't want to overspend. That's a good habit. That's a good thing. But we want to free up a little bit from a mentality standpoint. And you can do that by just getting some confidence, getting a plan in place that will show you, here's what you can spend. Here's why this money is safe, right? Here's here's why we're going to take risk with this money, that kind of thing. Right. So very helpful. Great question, Jay and Angie and David as well. And a little bit of uh, catch up on what's happening in the news throughout the financial landscape as well. Lots of good stuff on today's show. If you need any help or guidance with anything in your financial life, especially as it comes to retirement, Janine is there for you. She's got an office in Columbia serving you throughout uh, Howard County. You can find her online at theuswealthadvisors.com. We'll put links to uh, relative things that you need to know about in the show notes of today's episode. So just check that out theuswealthadvisors.com or look in the description of today's episode for different links that you would need to get in touch or find out more resources and information. In case you missed anything, you can listen to past episodes there on the website as well. And you can always call Janine directly to 443-718-6311 is that number. That's 443-718-6311. All right, Janine, that's it. We'll look forward to another good show with you next time around. Oh, great. Thanks so much, Walter. I'll talk to you next time. We appreciate it. That's the Straight Skinny on Your Financial Plan with Janine Theus. We'll talk to you next time back here on Your Financial Mission. 